اعزام کنن ایلام اینجا که درست وسط جنگه خود تو بریم هم میترسم نداره ایزم تو تا چشم به هم بیزنی من برگشتم نایمده همینجور بیاد بالا سر ما مطمئنم به خودش یه چیزایی آورده اینا بابای هر جا بریم یه اندومالت Welcome to Movie Umbers. My name is Bob Sheehan. I'm Angela. The sounds here may be dogs. Theme this month, women in crisis. Mm-hmm. Situations where women are having some troubles. A lot of it psychological. A lot of it mental. Sometimes personality. Emotional. A lot of emotional stress in these movies, for sure, at the very least. But this one, maybe you're just a little bit haunted, right? Also, it's like layers upon layers in this movie. We're talking about the movie Under the Shadow from 2016. It's a Netflix uh, feature, at least in the United States. We watched it on Netflix. Directed by Babak Anvari, written by Babak Anvari, and starring Narjis Rashidi, uh, Avin Manshadi, Bobby Nadiri. And Ray Harashian. It's a Persian film. It takes place in Iran, specifically during the uh, Iran-Iraq war Mm -hmm. from the 80s. I believe they said it's five years into it in Tehran. And yeah, there's a war going on. Shade is played by Narjis Rashidi, his mom, Mm -hmm. right? In this post-revolutionary Iran. So the Ayatollah... It's a lot more religious hardline than it was in the 70s. She was studying medicine. She wanted to be a doctor. And there's a point where she's trying to get back to the university. But essentially, they're like, no, we're not letting you come back. One, probably because she's a woman. And two, because she maybe was a little leftist during the time of the revolution. And that's not the side that gained control. Yeah. Um, Apparently, she's been trying and trying and trying for months. Yeah. And finally, the guy was like, I only made this appointment with you so I can tell you to your face to stop trying. She, so he crushes her dreams at the beginning of this movie. She's married. She's got a husband who um, is a doctor. Is a doctor who actually gets drafted into the conflict. They met in school, and we find out that while she was going out and being an activist, basically, 
she was picking on him for not joining her. He stayed in and did his yeah, studies and he became a doctor and she got kicked out of school. Right. And he managed to go back into medicine after the Iranian revolution. And, mm-hmm. um, but she's also a mom and they've got this kid and, and we hear, uh, bombing raids because Iraq has been threatening to level Tehran. The husband, he's drafted and he's going to get separated from the family. The husband wants her to go with their grandparents, but the it's but they also allude that the grandparents just don't like her. Yeah, the that line is insane. She says that last time they went to stay with the parents, his parents, yeah. his sisters kept saying the bombs hit Tehran, but we get the shrapnel. Just without it's ever brutal. meeting these, without ever meeting these people, I guess because she wanted to be a doctor. She is not um, as fundamentalist as the society, maybe as the husband's family who focus more on studies yeah, and during you know, there's, the, hey, the brouhaha, you know? There's also different levels of, you know, how conservative people are. Like, we meet women who keep their heads covered even inside their own homes, but other women do not. And yeah. she's definitely a woman who, in her own house... Might she, even show some cleavage, right? Yeah, like she's, she's she seems she's being what? herself. She's exercising to Jane Fonda workout videos. They're not supposed to have a VCR. At one point, there's a man there to fix a window, yeah. and the little girl says something about mom put the video on for me, and she said she scolds her, and then later is like, "You can't let people know we have a VCR." Yeah, yeah. We'll, it will get confiscated. Yeah, We're not allowed. And to they've have got this. a lot of ripped like U.S. shows and shit in war torn Tehran post revolution. She kind of got some hype shit having a VCR in that house. But the husband has to go. And there, there's a conflict with the wife and the husband. And maybe you could just say it's the stress of the war and the scenarios that mm. they don't have any control of. But there was something about their argument that seemed very contrived to me. In which how they were mad at each other. They're mad at each other. And mm. I the now the debate of whether or not to leave there, that's their conflict. Understand that conflict. But they're mad at each other over each other's past, and it seems kind of dumb. I think that, well, we find out in the argument that her mother passed away like six months before. Right, she's and a that's big when she was like, that's when she decided, I have to go back to school. I need to be a doctor because her mom wanted her to be a doctor. But it was also apparently her dream, although she had taken this break to like raise the child while her husband got established. The kid is not quite in school. She said something about school next year. She seemed older than four or five. I don't know mm. when you start school there. Uh, but straight up, this kid, annoying. <gasps> Genuinely fun. This, this kid like, has problems. Remember in that, uh, uh, he, uh, see no evil movie, that kid? Yeah. A little, kind of reminded me of that. Listen, if your child cannot survive if they lose a toy, <laughs> gotta get that, uh, whatever they're called. You gotta get it. rid of that Kamiya. fucking thing. Get rid of that toy. I don't know. Say it's going to go on a European vacation and just burn it. Like, if your child is so connected to a toy that you cannot get out of a war-torn area. Or a haunting. Or a haunting or a murderous situation, there's a problem. You're the adult. Make the child leave. So while the husband is gone, they're alone. And a lot of people are in this building, and all the, all the whole movie takes place in this building. There's multiple families. Yeah. You hear the bomb raid, and then a boom 
like and it hits the house and a uh, I believe it's they use scud missiles or whatever they called them has hit the building. It did not explode, but there's a missile on the top floor that went that hit in this area in this apartment and it pierced through the roof. They ask her to go up there because they know she trained to be a doctor, even though she didn't finish. And in that same room, there's an old man who has had a heart attack. He appears to have had a heart attack. And the later, the, the, the wife of the husband says he, he was fine after the missile hit. And then he, he saw, saw something. something and then he had a heart attack and passed away. There's also a little scary boy who has come to live with the people who own the apartment building. He's like their nephew. His parents got killed and he has come to live with them. And I only say he's scary because he's just like maybe a creepy kid. He's sure, kids can be creepy. But Except when he's talking to the kid talking about gins. Well, his aunt even says like he's a weirdo. Yeah. And she... A little more compassion for your orphan nephew. A couple weird things happen. So at one point, when they very first go down for the raid, you see the little girl whispering to the new little boy. And he gives her something in her hand, and it just looks like a piece of garbage, right? And later, the mom throws it out because she thinks it's garbage in the girl's bed. And then when the missile happens, all of a sudden, the girl's, doll that she's so attached to, Camille, is gone. Mm-hmm. And this is a doll that she ran back into the apartment in the middle of a raid to get. Like, that kind of stuff. Again, like the bunny in mm. that movie, it's... Yes, it's pretty much the same. Go see... Uh, um, Toys... Go see Speak No Evil. Should not have that much Go power. see Speak No Evil. It's like a... I think it's a Dutch movie. Uh, prepare yourself, Yeah, though. It's a little fucked up. But the doll goes missing. And then all this stuff comes out where the daughter starts having nightmares and she has a fever and she tells her mom that the little boy told her about the djinn. And the mom's like, that's not real. And she says, no, they are. And they have my doll. And I had some cat hair to protect me. Right. But I can't find it. It's gone now. Yeah. So so it's all the mom's fault that this whole thing happened because she shouldn't have thrown that cat hair out. Now this gin stuff, it's it is a thing in uh Islam and Arab culture mm-hmm. and you know, of course our main character, our lead is a bit more secularized, so mm-hmm. she's not as frightened of the term, but a lot of devout Muslims like they can't even say the name yeah. of what that is. Like it's just like a bad omen. Yeah, she thinks it's not real and she goes to talk to the little boy's aunt. And the little boy's aunt is like, no, they're real. They're mm. in the Quran. They're real. I think it's uh, our westernized interpretation of jinns are, um, I think we like blended them with genies. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit uh, different. They're more like poltergeist haunted yeah, like a specter that yeah. attach on to people and they're, like they're curses or something. Well, and they tell, someone tells her at one point when she's talking to one of the other women in the building that... If the djinn get one of your belongings, they can always find you. Right. So basically saying, you've got to find that little girl's doll or she's never going to get well. Because she's got this huge fever that she can't. And even the little girl says to her mom at one point, you have to find Kamiya if you want me to get better. She also, uh, our lead, uh, Shade, has a medical textbook. I was given to her by her mother and wrote a note in it. And that later on ends up disappearing. Mm-hmm. But there, there's bombing raids cycling over and over. 
other people in the building are, they do think they're, they're warning about the gin and she's talking to the, about the gin with certain people. But bit by bit, all the families start to evacuate from the building and go elsewhere. And she's in denial for most of the time, but she's having these visions and the daughter is talking about how she's always talking to this lady. Now she's friends with this lady and bit by bit, everyone is leaving this building except for her and her daughter. And then she starts actually seeing things because at first it does seem like visions, dreams, things like that. But then stuff starts happening that she can't deny is happening. And this is probably our most pure horror um, of this month. Of this month. Mm -hmm. And we see the djinn almost represented in these like little little corner of the room jump scares. And yeah, they're done fine. They're done well. Uh, One time it looks like the man who had a heart attack. And then another time it, it's, and, but it's often represented in this. um, It's like a hijab, like a hijab, almost like a blanket. It's like a woman, but there's, it's black at the face, like a total shadow. Yeah. You can't see the face. It's just the shape of where the face would be. And there's, when you first start to see it, it actually does kind of look cool and creepy. Mm -hmm. But I remember there's this one shot and I think it was one where she was dreaming the thing where it was in her mind and you're fully seeing that the gin in the, uh, in the covering and it looks cool. But then, like, the choices it's made here, it's like, it's never, like, patient, right? The spectral nature of it, and I'm being very specific here, Mm -hmm. and maybe you could call it nitpicky, but the spectral nature of it, I felt like it would have been so cooler if it lingered on. This movie, in some ways, felt impatient. Yes. So she's having this, this vision of the thing that we know is real, and it can't just kind of, like, exist or, like, be subtle. It has this part where, it like, suddenly it's like that forced jump scare where it jerks in front of the camera. Yep. And let me tell you, I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. That is crap. That's like YouTube video fucking crap. You're really cutting through the feeling, the overall environment of the scene when you do shit like that. The whole movie... I know you said impatient. It felt frantic to me because then, you know, the mother's ripping apart the house and then there'd be like a moment it would show her sleeping in the bed. But the next thing she's jumping up like there's never anything still, even when they're in the basement, Mm -hmm. when the raids are happening. Is that the right? Yeah. Like the the alarms going off and they have to go high. Even then it's like, we're just going to stay here for a while. But then something happens and you don't. The pacing of it is strange. Like it's trying to stumble towards its thing where it's not really examining that much on the journey along the way. Yeah. It feels very forced, very... Maybe we're at this point, we're getting used to these directors that will take these scripts, but at certain times ignore them, ignore the scripts to allow people to kind of... We're getting used to that, and we're we're starting to recognize that, and this is a movie that feels a little... Little in, little just overtly driven into the script. And this was a short movie. This movie is Not only an long, hour and yeah. 20 minutes long. You could have had five, ten more minutes of just being in it. It really kind of cuts into the overall feeling of it. I feel like the overall idea of this movie I thought is really good. The concept I really thought it was good. But I feel like when it's all said and done, it was just underwhelming. And yeah. maybe... In a movie like this, you know, you kind of want it to be different. And I was kind of surprised at how 
typical it felt in a lot of ways yeah and and to explain the comment i made at the beginning about it being layered i don't mean that it's like deep layered like no no the under the shadow to me we were talking about this as soon as the movie ended she's under the shadow of her failed career, under the sure. shadow of a motherhood that she may not, may or may not want, a marriage she may or may a not want, a fundamentalist government, a fundamentalist war. government, literally a head covering. Is it a hijab? I don't want to say that wrong. I, I, think I, I apolo- my apologies if that's wrong. Hijab, um, but head covering, but, like, but yeah, the layers are obvious. The war, the everything, like everything is on them, and I, I think that is what they're arguing about more. I think at the beginning of the movie, she and the husband is. It's not really about what they're fighting about. He can't help that he has to leave. He's always going to want her to go stay with his parents. It's She's jealous of him. Right. And she is scared he's not going to come back. And the missile crashing through is the catalyst for letting this thing into the building. Yeah, and so there's enough here to be a scary situation Mm. without there also being... A gin. Yeah, that's true. I don't mind the gin. I don't either. I just think the way it was executed was just a little soft. I agree. I didn't know if it was more like a ghost entity or like a supernatural thing. Or like a it just big metaphor. What was the book called? It's something about the wind, right? Like they travel on the wind. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also this idea that again, if they have something of yours, you can never escape them. So even at the end, the mother and daughter as they're trying to get away, it makes clear to us that it still has part she, of the doll in her book. She, she like, re- they're not done. She recovers Kimia's doll, the, the doll, Kimia, and it's torn up and she duct tapes it together. And the daughter's like, why did you rip it up? It's like, kid, you're seeing all these ghosts. Why are you accusing your mother? Well, of- the ghost had convinced, well, the gym right, had course. convinced the little girl that her mother was bad. There's a scene where the kid and the mother fight and the kid, like, Fucking owns this mom. Yeah. Like, she dogpiles on top of her. And I, is that supposed to be like, oh, she's very, I don't know. It, it seemed kind of. She could have been supernaturally fun, strong it, in that moment. Or, or like, the past. Because she was It was a funny scene to me. I didn't think it was a very good scene. But it was very much like, this, right. is, this is interesting. You could. I don't know where the line crosses between, like, the fact that she had a fever. And was she possibly possessed to a point? I don't know. Mm. Controlled a little bit. But I also got the feeling when they were fighting, it's like, what's the mom really going to do? Like, her hands at one point were, like, around her daughter's neck, but she wasn't she wasn't squeezing, but she was pushing. But it's truly, if your kid is full-on attacking you, yeah. you're not going to punch your child. So that actually, <laughs> No, the way- I wanted to see her knock this kid out. Push the, the kid weighs, like, 40 pounds. Just shove the fucker off of you. For God's sake. <laughs> Kill that kid. No. <laughs> <laughs> she should have full on like roundhouse kicked that kid right in the dome. She could have put her in a hold at least. She's not that far removed from her more conservative. Also, <laughs> she's constantly doing aerobics. Yeah. Even when the tape disappears and shows up in the trash. She's still doing it. It's her yeah. like, it's her like mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like that she watched Jane Fonda videos. I did too. I did too. I thought that was funny. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's... um. Let's review this one. Um, I think there are there are some great concepts here, but like I'm just a little I feel a little mid about the whole execution, honestly. I do too. You give one through five, I'll give one through five combined for best out of ten. What what do you rate under the shadow? I actually 
by the block. I think I'm going two seven five. I think that's about right, honestly. Just uh, I, I don't think it's a smidge above straight in the middle. Yeah, and that's really just to get like just a little above right at the center. It's mm-hmm. just to give credit to the idea, absolutely, which we do think was a good idea. But and I really thought the little girl. Did a great job. I think this is Babak and Vari's first movie. I uh, I might be wrong about that, but mm. um, but hope but hopefully you know we're in the process. We learn. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, the idea is here. Good. Uh, the execution we felt was a little underwhelming. Right. So, but you combine what we give it, and it's a five point five, and it shares the ranking with uh the Michael Mann movie Black Hat. And it also shares the ranking of I'm a sorry. of a movie that, um, as of this drop, we have not discussed yet. We'll actually discuss it next week. It's our next Lars von Trier movie, so I guess oh. a preview there. It happens when we have to pre-record that sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see movies that I mean, no one's really going like in the continuity of this show. Yeah. That's not really how the show works. But uh, Under the Shadow is at least as good as Michael Mann's. Black Hat from 2015. I would say better, honestly, because yeah. that movie was trash. At least the action in Black Hat is is good because it's Michael Mann. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, check the show notes for links to other places to find us. We will have uh, another Women in Crisis film Friday in which we are discussing our first ever John Cassavetes movie. So mm-hmm. pop in for that. Hit like, subscribe, leave a comment, correction. Fun facts, whatever, whatever. All right? Don't uh, beware of the the gin, I guess. All right, let's get out of here. Watch your back, girl. (laughs)